You're just more coy than I am. Welcome to Grumpy Old Bands, episode number 86 for Friday, August 14th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if you ain't rioting and you ain't looting, you ain't trying. And from America's left coast, where a ball gag counts as a face covering, I'm Ryan Bemrose. I don't know if it counts as a face covering and it leaves your nose free, so that's probably... So it's not, not hardly as bad as the way most people are wearing these stupid things anyway well that is Besides, i i think that it only counts as a face covering if it's the government that puts it on you well the concept of wearing the mask is getting a lot of news it's bizarre the well the most yes, interesting the, thing the national mask debate yes the national mask debate the joe biden campaign because uh kamala is backing him on this one like everybody should wear a mask anytime they are outdoors. And when I hear stuff like that, I just try uh, to wrap my brain around no, it. I do. No, not, not when the temperature is above freezing. That's not really how it works. No, it doesn't make Well, the temperature doesn't make any difference, but the uh, it, it, at, at 20 below, I'm wearing a fucking mask. You can't stop me. The concept that this spreads outdoors is one that science is just not not only is it not proven it. But all of the studies, everything that's been done to study this disease seems to prove that this does not easily spread in an outdoor environment. So why somebody would come out and say, wear a mask anytime you go outside, it makes zero sense. Science has been pushed out the window. This is not about science. It's it's pretty transparent. They're not even trying to hide anymore that it's about control and training. Uh, you know, for example, uh, are are you familiar with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources? Well, I'm familiar Probably with not. the state I, of Wisconsin. You've you've heard of it, though. Uh, well, the Department of Natural Resources in Wisconsin is now requiring that uh, anywhere that you can be seen by non DNR staff, including uh, on Zoom meetings, you will be required to wear a mask. Yes, even if you're home by yourself. Even at home, <laughs> even at home on the internet by yourself. They are demanding that you wear a mask if you can be seen. Why would that matter? Well, I, there, there's even nothing in that excuse about science or about a virus. They don't even say anything about a virus. They say because you can need to be seen being compliant. This is absolutely about mind control. It is about keeping your 350 million slaves in this country nice and compliant with whatever your government forces you to do because once they're sure that you are willing to meekly wear a mask without any kind of pushback that's when they can say okay well now you need a vaccine now you need a tag to go everywhere now you need papers papers please now you you know you need to wear this this letter you need to wear this yellow six-pointed star on the front of your tunic everywhere you go okay now you need to get into these box cars because you're uh, you're, you're actually not a, the part of the uh, demographic. You're too white. And uh, OK, we're, we're just going to take you and we're going to send you off to these camps for the duration of the emergency, however long we decide to declare it. And uh, once you get there, I'd like you to just file into these big buildings. Pay no attention to the chimneys. They're, we're just trying to keep it warm for you. 
I don't know where I went with this, but honestly, the the shit the government is doing is pretty fucking scary. Well, and it, this is what people should be looking at. The anytime somebody comes down with a law or an edict like this without having any kind of variables to go along with it, the concept of well, anytime you go outside, you should be wearing a mask. You're like, OK, well, let me understand this. Why? Why is that? Now, if you were to say if you go outside and you're someplace, you know, downtown Chicago or downtown New York, if there are still people that live in these places um, that gather, I mean, if you're going to be around a bunch of other people, then I kind of get the concept of, well, if you're outdoors around other people, wear a mask. But when you say, yeah, you know, you live in Wyoming and there's nobody for five miles in any direction and you walk outside, we think you should wear a mask. The question is, do you really think? that I am going to inhale this with nobody around for five miles? Or do you think if I'm infected and I go outside with nobody for five miles around me and I breathe out that that is going to somehow magically travel five miles and somebody's going to get infected? Because if Joe Biden thinks this shit, I want to know. I, I, I mean, I just explained why they're doing it and it has you keep. Yes, but they're never going to tell you that's it. why they're doing it. So they yeah, have I, to have a reason why they tell you they're doing it. Uh, no, no, they don't. They've abandoned that. We've you, abandoned you keep reason. trying to apply science to this and, and scientifically analyze the edicts that are coming out of our government. And I'm telling you that that for the most part, you, you know, they, there was a magic threshold. We'd never realized that they hit this sometime, you know, last year, beginning of this year. I'm not sure. But there was a magic threshold where now at least 51 percent of the population are completely brainwashed by this bullshit, which means they don't have to make excuses anymore. They can just say to the minority now minority of people who still give a crap about our rights, the minority of people who still have critical thinking skills and still are uh, looking at things and going, this doesn't make sense. We are in the minority, which means fuck you. They don't care anymore. They're not making excuses. They are just telling you be compliant or else. And they don't even have there are no consequences. They can't be voted out because they have a majority of people who are all scared and and freaked out and vote blue no matter who in this state, at least. Um, you know, I, I realized this. I came to this epiphany when Jay fucking Inslee got 52 percent of the primary vote amongst 36 people or 30, yeah, 36 people running for the office and, and a, a majority voted for the incumbent who was the one who destroyed everything good about this state, then yeah, we're in the minority. They don't care anymore. They don't have to make excuses. You can talk till you're blue in the face about how their science doesn't make any sense. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But it, it is all about shut up and wear a mask. Yeah. It's all about your news sources. That's really what it comes down to. And I know we're just blowing the same theory out into the wind it seems like for 86 episodes now but there is a lot to be said for what people believe with this uh, vp pick and i really don't want to hash really into this but for uh, the whole kamala no, thing social's already done plenty on that one yeah i mean well everybody's really hashed this thing to death the 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 thing that i've taken away from this the most was that george stephanopoulos came out and was like well you know she's really the moderate candidate and i went Okay, this <laughs> this is the problem with the you, country. You know that that might even be true uh, amongst the the people that the media are willing to talk about. 
No, it's perhaps because like, I will here. I will. Here is the far left candidates who are the pure communists. And yes. here are the far right people who are also Democrats because we don't even consider anyone other than that. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have chosen, you know, Bernie, although he, you know, he's kind of a black woman or they could have chosen uh, Pocahontas as a Trump likes to call, you know, coming from a city that has people like Kashama Sawant, Bernie is pretty goddamn moderate. (laughs) That is sad, but I don't see any world where George Stephanopoulos, who is a guy who understands politics, was a vital part of the Clinton White House doesn't understand what's going on here so when you come out and just flat out lie to people and say that she's a moderate it's like it's not true but it shows me this is the issue we're dealing with in the society that we live in now is that the mainstream media is completely corrupt they will lie to get the people they like elected into office and there's really not a damn thing you can do about it unless You find people who have billions of dollars who will come out and uh, create new news empires or buy the existing one and fire everybody that's working for them now. But I don't see that happening. I I mean, we we do have people doing that, but those people are are Jeff Bezos who are doing that and then saying, "Okay, you guys are way too conservative. Right. Well, and it's interesting because even they turn on him, his own paper is turned on him, which I think was fantastic because that's really the uh, the epitome, I think when the washington post start going after him but that's uh when your own newspaper turns on you i don't know okay so uh obviously i i followed the kamala harris vb pick story but it's so overcovered i don't even really want to talk about it. but i do have one question for you uh and and you may or may not know this i wasn't able to find any evidence of it but is there any evidence whatsoever that any kind i mean objectively what that any kind of sex was involved in the pick well i mean except for biden saying that it had to be a black woman that he was going to pick or do you mean did biden no, no, have i don't sex mean gender i mean i mean like uh <laughs> okay so what i'm getting at is <clears throat> that of course i follow memes um because most of the time they're funny but for the last four days uh, no agenda social at least and i'm pretty sure everywhere that that memes are not completely and utterly censored that it has been nothing but nonstop sexist memes that most of which are some variation on the theme that uh, Kamala Harris was giving sexual favors to Joe Biden. And I was wondering, did I miss some kind of story about I mean, I mean, in, yes. in the case of Bill Clinton, there was actually stories about blowjobs. Right. But I, I have not heard anything about Kamala Harris and actual and sexual acts. Willie Brown. The baby. only thing I've seen is a nonstop stream of memes insinuating it. Yeah. Willie Brown. You're not familiar with how she got her start in politics by sleeping with Willie Brown, having an affair with them. And he put her into office. Yeah. I mean, that's how she got her start. Is that OK? So there's actual history there. Yes, there is. I was there a is little history. worried that all like because for the most part, the better memes tend to come from the right. The left wing, they they seem to rely way too much on simple name calling and and not much substance and they're pathetic at satire because the whole concept fails on them but i was getting nothing but sexual act memes and i'm like is is this just the entire right being pure sexist i mean it is even if there there was a willie brown thing in there i the the amount of sexism is really fucking crazy if if i were 
on the left and watching this stream, I'd be sitting here thinking you all are some really disgusting fucks. Yeah, but no. I mean, this maybe this is why they picked her, because that's they went with Obama. And then immediately, if you disagreed or went after him at all, you were a racist. Well, with Kamala, you're going to be a racist. You're going to be a sexist. You're going to be misogynist. Anything you want to say against her. But when you have a candidate, I don't care that she's female. The reality of the situation is her political career involved getting started by having an affair with a politician. There's no question about it. So, okay, I I know I get that now. It was a piece of information I did not have. Well, the interesting thing is they're going to use that and be like, well, that should be off limits. And people have already pointed out. It's like, fuck the media. They weren't at all nice to Sarah Palin. So you can't use this like, oh, she's a woman. Be nice. Screw you. Oh, I, OK. I, 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 I keep looking at this and thinking there are so many reasons why people have. If you objectively look at this politician from California. There are millions of people, you know, 45 million reasons why she is a terrible, terrible politician. And what's the population of California? Uh, I mean, millions. Number one is California. Hello, dude. Does anybody want the rest of the country to look like that? And that, you know, she is objectively corrupt to the core. Uh, You know, sexual favors for position would definitely be an example of that. But. I I don't know. I well, there's a at, lot at of things point, I, that you don't know, make me, sense. Memers are going to meme and and you know shit post and whatever it is that they do. I, I'm just I don't know. It just left a, a weird taste in my mouth. When not not literally, do not read anything into that. When when I'm seeing all of this about like you know people photoshopping her going down on Biden behind a podium, and I'm sitting here going, okay, if. If the worst thing that you can come up with is that she is a woman, you're not trying because there's so many awful things about this human being. Well, we're living through cancel culture where they want to tear down statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and anybody of that ilk because they own slaves. Their family owns slaves. Right. But we have Kamala Harris's father who has said that his parents Kamala's grandparents own slaves in Jamaica. So how the hell do we even let her be a candidate in this cancel well, culture? I, I mean, you, as an elite in California, she arguably has 45 million slaves, many of which are trying to get out, which is why U-Haul cannot keep a trailer anywhere <laughs> in the state of California. Well, these well days. to be fair, we need the U-Haul trailers to uh, to uh, loot here in Chicago and other places. That is important. Yeah. Oh, speaking of looting, I don't I don't have this in my notes, but I just thought it was too funny to pass up. Apparently, uh, Minneapolis is not being cleaned up very well because the city of Minneapolis, who, as you may know, are a little bit cash strapped after they spent so much after they spent all of the money they saved on defunding their police in hiring private bodyguards for the city council. (laughs) They seem to be low on money, uh, especially trying to clean up the public spaces that were destroyed. So. As a beautiful cash grab, they are now requiring that any property owner in the city whose property was destroyed by looting and therefore their ability to make money has been completely destroyed, who want to clean up and maybe just maybe rebuild. They're saying, well, you can't even get a permit to demolish and clean up 
until you pay all of 2020's property taxes in advance. Nice. So, you know, a, a merchant who had their store destroyed and is looking at at $50,000 to just to clean up and cart away the charred remains of their livelihood are now being told, "Oh, and you need to fork up another 25 or 30,000 in your property taxes before you're even allowed to clean the site." And let me tell you, when when you've gouged people that bad and kicked them that bad when they're down, do you think anybody is going to want to rebuild in that city? No, nor do I think people are going to stick around in places like Chicago that has had the most expensive shopping district hit multiple times now. I don't think people are going to want to stick around in New York until the local governments. And this is maybe and it's still it's it's going to be a long time to figure out if she's actually being truthful. Now, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, who's finally saying the right things. If she goes after these uh, people, wait, wait, she said she, she announced she's resigning. She should. But she's saying she's going to go after oh, these people. The right it doesn't things. matter. In Chicago, we haven't had a Republican in office since 1931. Not that Republicans are beyond corruption, but in Chicago, yeah, nobody ever has to resign. That's not going to happen. But I think she even realized at this point that if the businesses all decide to leave, then her city crumbles because they're bringing so much money in from these businesses, from tourism. The minute you get rid of everything, well, yes, that's exactly the problem. And if you continue this and you don't allow businesses to get back to doing what they do without fear that they're going to be looted uh, the day after they rebuild and reopen, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the mayor actually handles this. She's saying she's going to go after the people that were looting. You know, that's anti what the Black Lives Matter people want, though. So she's going to have some enemies here. We'll see if she'll stick with that or not. Has she done anything about it yet, though? It seems like it that the police are trying to track them down and there have been over 100 arrests made. Whether any of these people now are prosecuted, that's a completely different thing, because as we've talked about the Soros money, millions of dollars, including I think it was over two million to get Kim Fox elected as the D.A., here in uh, Cook County, Chicago area. And uh, you wonder how this stuff happens. You wonder how all of these areas get district attorneys unwilling to prosecute people who have you know, committed crimes, multiple millions of dollars in damage. Uh, in New York, we saw p- the police officers being assaulted and then the DA's dropping the charges or lowering them to a simple assault rather than a felonious assault on a police officer and how do all these DAs who are supposedly the ones that are going to go after the criminals why are all these DAs letting people off the hook because that's the Soros way and this is what's going on it's a if you want to talk about something systematic going on in the United States that is a systematic thing Soros getting people elected that are intentionally not going after the criminals And you see what is going on in the major cities, even cities that were pretty much crap holes before have turned into 10 times the crap hole they were just a few years ago. You know, it's funny how people are talking about institutional racism, systemic racism. That's the really big thing floating around. I I had a conversation with a very good friend of mine from from uh, where I used to work. Uh, oh, he was absolutely trying to convince me that uh, minorities need a break because, uh, you know, and he he's a data scientist and, uh, you know, statistics and all that. And, 
he was like, well, the, you can't deny that there are systems out there that are racist and they're, they're creating these statistics. And I, yeah, but name the systems. Let's see. Uh, are, are they the, uh, the people in the cities? Cause those are run by Democrats. Are they the schools? Uh, oh, those are all, all leftist. Uh, are they, you know, which systems precisely are you calling racist? Because every single one of them I'm going to point out are run by leftists. Well, they're meaning the corporate America, of course. I mean, yeah, which at least in technology, which is the industry he and I are both in, those are currently being completely run by leftists. Right. Right. All it's Democrats all the way down. You want systemic racism. You don't have to look that far to find a system that is run by Democrats and uh, is trying to institute shit like affirmative action. Well, it is. It's bringing back racist policies. Exactly. That's what well, that's what affirmative action always is. I I remember in the 1980s, the affirmative action was a huge, huge hot button topic because people were screaming racism. And it's the, the positions have reversed now. Now, the the Democrats are saying that we we need this in order to elevate blacks above and, and any, you know, quote unquote minorities above the uh, the you know the whites who are so ad- advantaged that we need to completely grind them into dust because you know even even when we've completely removed their entire means of making a living and feeding their family and and put them out on the street and and kick them to the curb and excise them completely from society their privilege will somehow feed them right you got to worry about that white privilege you have bill barr yeah. made an interesting comment which was if you want to see syst- systemic racism Look no further than the education system as it currently sits in the United States. Look no further than, as you said, the very leftist teachers unions. And I do believe he's onto something there because that's what I felt for a long time now. Yeah, is that that's something we've been talking about for a year and a half on this show? And rightfully so, because when you talk about things, I mean, your your friend is absolutely right. There are certain people that do need a little bit of a boost. They need a little bit of a help. And there are kids growing up in the inner city and the more depressed areas that needs a hand in getting their life going. And usually, you know, they want to talk about when you're talking about reparations, they want to talk about, oh, we just give us the money. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, it seems, with <laughs> things like the uh, raising the minimum wage and what happens. OK, you're going to get a payment. And what does that payment do? It actually makes you more of a slave to the system because oh, yes. you're not self-reliant. And what this all comes down to is the education system. The kids that are in these depressed areas, in the inner cities, in the ghettos, whatever you want to call them, deserve a quality education and they're not getting it. Well, if if they deserved a quality education, then why are we not allowing charter schools and private schools and things like that? Oh, that's right. Teachers unions. Uh-huh. Well, and they want uh-huh. to be able to tell, you know, they want to set the agenda on what goes into the little kitty's heads. Yeah. Well, I, you know, be, because COVID doesn't particularly affect kids all that much. And, and in fact, you know, there's never once been a case of transmission from a kid to an adult or vice versa. Um, you know, closing down all of the schools, especially, 
you know, now that individual school boards are all saying we're not opening our schools ever again because because we continue to collect that sweet, sweet government money, whether or not we do any work at all. So it just seems a whole lot easier if we don't do any work and we don't bother doing anything for your kids because, hey, we got ours and screw you trying to find your new daycare. But closing down schools may have done jack squat to curb the spread of covid. But I tell you what it will do is it'll do a, if we keep the schools closed, especially if we keep the schools closed for another decade, <laughs> it'll do amazing work to curb the spread of communism. Yes, because parents will be once again involved with what their kids are learning, something that when we were kids was still a part of the whole education system, at least around here. Now, I don't really believe that's the case. I don't think most parents have a clue what's going on in the schools. They don't really care. No, I, I I saw I saw a statistic uh, about um, Christian children going to school and you know go doing their their Sunday school and you know people who are uh, Christian parents who have you know children they've been taking them to church they've been going and something like eighty percent of them after going to college for four years come out and are secular they they just abandon their Christian teachings because of what college is teaching them. And it like, what the hell is coming out of these schools? And it's not just college anymore. It's, I mean, they're pushing that into K through 12. They're pushing that into your third graders. You know, they, they, there are schools out there that are now teaching uh, sex ed courses to third graders and they're not teaching abstinence like we were taught, which of course abstinence is totally unreal, unreasonable, but, and they weren't teaching, well, not if, uh, you not know, you trying like you. to be, I'm sorry, not if they look like you. Well, <laughs> I, okay, I found mine. <laughs> I'm not allowed to look for any more anyway. I'm not even allowed to look at porn. You know that. Yes. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're teaching third graders sex ed and sex ed in, in schools today now is not, uh, you know, how to be careful. It is uh, how to please your mate, how to give a blow job, uh, how to, uh, it, it, it you know, well, yeah, I covered that on random thoughts. fluidity. What, like a few months back, what Teen Vogue was posting, and it's like, oh my god, it's just freaking disgusting. Yeah, schools that are teaching your kids that that you know, gender fluidity is a perfectly reasonable life choice. If if up on a passing whim, you happen to feel like you were born in the wrong body, then then here here's some detailed instructions on how to get hormones without your parents knowing because those evil Christian parents would probably give you a talking to about whether or not you should be doing this. And we can't have that. So here's how to go to the Planned Parenthood office, sign a form and just start transitioning without your parents knowledge. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I'd followed Glenn Beck quite a bit about a decade or so ago, and he was the first one that I ever listened to that was all in on this war on religion and the reasons he gave really makes make a lot of sense now because it was that you know if you have this if you have the religion in your life doesn't even really matter what the religion is that is a threat to these people in the state that want you to believe everything you know this wear a mask slave you know you yeah, it, <laughs> it it gives you something to believe in that isn't the government yes Yes, it gives you a belief it, it, system they don't control, and they don't like yeah. that. You you mentioned you said something about uh, slave to the state earlier, and and I did want to 
your your point was about government money, and I wanted to elaborate on that. Uh, government money is incredibly insidious. Even even this, you know, what Trump is doing was saying, well, we'll just give you some free unemployment, you know, which which is effectively it's UBI, but only for people who qualify for unemployment. So, you know, screw you. Washington State wouldn't let me have anything. Uh, but free money from the government is incredibly insidious. You know, if you start, you just notice that it happens. Well, first of all, it was already your money. The government taketh, and then the government gives some back. Well, it was somebody's and, money. They're giving away so much money now. It's like that's not it's well. Not okay, coming it's back. Not, trust, trust you. Yeah, you know whose money they're stealing right now? Your kids or your grandkids? Yeah, because that that is going to come to pay. And either you know the the highly unlikely scenario is the government will just depress the crap out of the economy, tax everybody so much to be able to pay back what they're spending now. Um, that's the unlikely scenario. The likely scenario is that the entire system will eventually crash when all of this ephemeral paper comes due and people realize that there is no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. There's a giant pot of shit and they have just been writing checks on it since I was a kid and probably long before, but deficit spending is, is taxing the future. And at some point, somebody in the future is going to be like, I don't want to pay for all this crap. And then the system will come crashing down. But in the meantime, you are creating generations and generations of slaves by taking away the, you know, uh, what was the, uh, oh, Alberta a few months ago, no agenda was talking about the climate change credits in Alberta, in, in Canada, where, uh, because Trudeau wants it, everybody has to pay extra taxes for climate change. But the province of Alberta had decided, and and I might be getting this wrong, but had decided that uh, we don't want this. However, we can't override Ottawa. So instead, we're just going to be giving it all back. So the exact amount of money that everybody is having stolen from them for climate change is being given back. And a lot of people be like, oh, well, this is a zero sum game. No harm done. Except that the moment that the government is stealing your money and then parceling some of it back, Social Security is exactly like this, then they own and control you because at any point, if you displease your government, they can choose not to give it back anymore. And you're done. That's there's. If if they don't take it in the first place, then you have that and they don't control you. But the moment that all of your money is controlled by the government, they have, you know, the this is the reason why cash is so important is that every form of electronic money that we have, oh, it's really, really convenient. It's really nice, but it can be shut off. And that if, if your money can be shut off, if your means of living can be shut off, you are controlled. You are a slave. You are not living free. And you can say, oh, it'll never happen. And in 2019, I was a goddamn crackpot for even saying that anybody could do that. But somewhere along the line, you need to open up your eyes and look at cancel culture because that is people being shut off for transgressions that they may have done 10 years ago that weren't even a problem at the time. It doesn't matter what the reason is. Anybody can find any reason. And if they control you, they can be just like, oh, you're not a person anymore. Goodbye. You're out of society. And congratulations. You're on the fucking street. You are now lining up at the city of Seattle's uh, city hall looking for a handout because you can't participate in society anymore. Yeah. And we were on it. 
I mean, I'm going to say we were on it and there's proof. Go back into the grumpy old Ben's archives. And I'm looking right here. I believe the first two episodes we did that weren't just hanging out with Larry. Episode one was on the dangers of social networks. Episode three, which is basically episode two, was on cashless. We were 100% right back in April of 2019 that these two things were the things to watch. They were obviously first on our list. And I don't remember exactly the conversations we had, but obviously these were the big ones. The, 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 uh, yeah, they they were, and the reason, and you know, back then I was a complete crazy man for even suggesting that anybody would do something like this. But right now we have Mastercard going and saying you're too far to the right. You said something conservative, and therefore we're going to cut off your ability to process electronic payments. And you know, funny thing is, when we're not allowed to ever talk to each other in person anymore, the only payments you can get are electronic and. I guess you don't have any money anymore. Well, when the cashless, the problem comes down to, and you talked about this before we went on the air with the WeChat thing, that when you start combining all of these systems together, I mean, everybody laughed when we heard about the Chinese system that was giving people social credit scores. And, you know, if you were a dick, <laughs> as if as if we don't have people doing that here in America. Right. Well, it, you didn't. You're like, well, we got freedom here. That's never going to happen. And this wasn't this isn't even the government doing it. That's the insidious part of all of this is that people have given their lives up to the Silicon Valley overall companies that control communications, that control finances, that control the most important parts of most people's lives. And when you start having this system now where it's like, you know, I don't understand the whole coin shortage thing. It's like, why are we short of coins? Because we have COVID. (laughs) I don't even get it. Yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't get the coin shortage. Where did that come from? Because people aren't using cash. Is that causing the shortage? It's yeah, I don't it know. Seems like it's it's still in everybody's ashtrays. Yeah, you know, and I don't understand even why the coin shortage is a big deal. It's not like we walk around and pay with coins in the United States. We're a well, bill. Uh, I do. Well, but- if, if you have them, but overall, you know, what percentage is bill yeah. based? It's not like you carry around if you're going to have a nice dinner and it's going to cost you 50 bucks. I hope you're not pulling out pennies, nickels and dimes when the bill comes due, but I don't know. I'm the kind of person who would do exactly that. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's easy. (laughs) You have a bill, you know? So, I mean, I get it. I understand why countries like Canada, you know, got rid of the penny. It's like, well, this is just not worth having anymore. We'll just round up or down and we'll just start at the five cent mark or whatever it is. But this cashless thing is very insidious when you then understand that in order to pay with cash, I mean, that's great. You can hold up your phone and be like, I got the Bitcoin app. And when the restaurant or whatever business that you're dealing with goes, well, we don't take that. You need this. Well, it's like, well, I don't have that because, well, your social score yeah. was too low for you to qualify to get a to get a government cheese digital currency account. And if they do decide to turn off cash, all I'm saying is bring back bartering. Then it will. And it will under the table, but that is, uh, you know, that is an interesting thing. You know, the people will start looking to other things to be worthy of value. And I mean, you could always, you could still barter. I mean, there are businesses that do that a lot. I'll be like, you know, I'll give you, 
you know, I, I want this new piece of furniture. I'll give you two chickens and an original Footloose VHS for it. Ooh. What do you say? Footloose VHS. That has to be worth at least $10,000 now, right? <laughs> I doubt it. It's I the- there's only. I, there's only one VHS in this, in this house. And it was given to my wife as a white elephant gift. And I've never, I, I don't even have a means of playing it anymore, but uh, it says on the label Swayze dancing. And it has <laughs> a very young Patrick Swayze doing some kind of disco move. <laughs> it frightens me. Your wife's like, I'm never giving that up. It's Swayze, baby. <laughs> I wonder how much that's worth. I don't know. could be worth a lot. You never know. Weird things will be going for multiple monies once this whole thing hits. But we just wanted to say, want to take that little victory lap there. Social networks and cashless being the first two, ep- the first two episodes, the first two things we hit. Who knew that a year and a few months later, those two things would be very prophetic about what was going to be happening. I mean, we could have never guessed that we were going to get this big pandemic fund, but the the cashless thing and the tracking is what should go along with a lot of these technology stories that we've talked about as well in that the tracking is the insidious part and even if you think you have nothing to hide it becomes an issue that everything you do is tagged somewhere every thing you you know going to McDonald's you think well that's no big deal i just went and picked up a big mac well when you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol and the government can now go, you know, well, we got rid of all the private health insurance because we know where's the government. We know how to run things better. So now we see yeah. that you had a Big Mac. Well, we're cutting off your insurance because you're just unhealthy and you're making bad choices and we can't afford to pay for you anymore. I think that's an intermediate step. What, what the the place where they really want to be is you go into mcdonald's you say i'd like a a, you know, a big mac uh y- you know what i yeah um you go you go into mcdonald's and you say you i want to order a greaseball burger mm, and, salty yeah something and you swipe your card and it's gonna say swipe your card, card what, okay, what year are you living in now you just hold up your implant oh right right well i'm i'm thinking ebt card because that that seems to be where i don't know I don't know what I'm thinking, but you you try to use your payment method and the algo will look at this and look at your health history that is in a government database and look at your current risk insurance or your 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 health care risk. And knowing that you are on the the national health care system and they have actuaries who put together tables and the algo will look at this and decide, you know, you've actually had your fill of cholesterol this week and therefore payment denied. And the person at mcdonald's is gonna read out and say i'm sorry sir but your cholesterol is too high you're not allowed to eat this but can we interest you in a salad a person saying that no it's the machine you think you're actually going to see a person at the mcdonald's we're talking about well i i mean we've got to have something we can do for minimum wage don't we (laughs) no that's going to be the beauty once all of these we saw white castle is testing one of those out here in the chicago area a robot that does all the cooking in the kitchen I, you know, even when I'm at a grocery store, every grocery store now has those self checkout things. And I'm sitting here like, okay, do I get a discount because you're saving money on not having to have a person check me out so that I can be berated by this awful fucking machine? That's like, please put the item back on the, uh, in the bag. Please take the item off of the scale. Please take the fuck you. 
I'm going to fucking put my foot on the scale. I'm going to stand on the scale and scan all my shit. What do you think of that, you stupid machine? Yeah, those do not work well. I saw a thread the other day, and it might have been on Reddit, but I followed the oh, link there. I avoid there. those. I always go to the one that has a person in it, even if it's a longer line. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a um, whole thread about those machines, and they're like, if you're paying for more than 50% of what you're actually taking out of the store when you're using self-checkout, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, really? Are the are the security systems that bad? For these grocery stores that they don't <laughs> notice you're stealing them blind. And maybe maybe that's true because well, fuck here's here's my problem. I must be a, a product of an antiquated age where if you want goods and services, you pay a fair price for them. So I I just hey, well, the come right on. Amount. You saw them doing it wrong. You saw the woman from Black Lives Matter here in Chicago that said anything that was looted over that night here, the 60 million dollars in damage in one night in Chicago. Well, that was OK yeah. because, you know, reparations. Yes. And and the <laughs> so anybody in, in L.A. or D.C. who wants reparations, you're going to have to go to Chicago because those have already been allocated. Well, no, see, the, we're out of reparations. They, they took it all in one night. Gone. Yeah, we need we need a new city. I mean, really, why aren't we going to like Canada or something for this? <laughs> they've got their own problems. <laughs> yeah, they do. Which all start with a Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, wait, we were on it. There's no doubt about it. More and more with this stuff, every little thing you do being tracked, all of these smart devices, all of these. I'm surprised we haven't seen more, although I'm guessing a lot of this is just governmental and they're not releasing stories on it. All of the tracking, you know, with all of this GPS information they have from our cell phones, as we talked about on the last episode of Grumpy Old Ben's, just how many apps that you download are tracking your GPS and how there are third parties buying into those apps in order to get that information. I have no doubt they're doing way more tracking than is, that has been publicly admitted to. And it may be completely legal because everybody's going, oh, yeah, that's fine. I, I installed the Bemrose uh, flashlight app. Yeah, let them know where I am anytime. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I think, I think enough patting ourselves on the back. I don't know how, uh, oh, but it's fun. I don't know. I don't know how good I'm supposed to feel about making uh, a year old doomsday prediction and having the, you know, congratulations. Uh, I was right. We're all fucked. <laughs> yes. Am I supposed to feel good? About <laughs> yeah. But that like, just shows. I, okay. That shows. It, it, listen to grumpy old Ben's. We know what we're talking about and become an expert. It, so you too can we know can't do you're... anything about it. So, uh, y- you'll just, if you listen to grumpy old Ben's, you're going to know in advance how fucked you're going to be instead of it being a surprise. So if, if that helps, well, there is know, something that's almost be done. like it's almost like podcast lube. Well, there is something that can be done, but it's not going to be easy work because you now I believe we are at the point where we hear about the silent majority that all the same people that think like us that just aren't going into the streets that just aren't speaking our minds for fear of being blacklisted for fear of being shadow banned, whatever it is canceled in any way, shape or form. I think we're getting to the point. If we haven't just passed it, that all reasonable people should stand up and tell everybody else to fuck off and start speaking their minds and let people know they're not alone because the way this shit takes hold is that everybody's sitting around looking at the news media, looking at all these leftist wackos on social media going, well, maybe I'm the only one that thinks freedom's a good thing. No, you can't allow that to happen. 
stand up and tell people to fuck off way ahead of you, bro. <laughs> You've been there before. I know. <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been there since 1993. You're on a list. You're on a list. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to get on all the lists. They wanted um, to talk to me the, about the, not the wearing a mask. The problem that I have with the idea of the silent majority is that I'm no longer convinced we're the majority. I do. I still believe that they are. We are the majority, but it's harder to believe in. I, I mean, when when the majority, it is some kind of fucked up systematic statewide Nightingale syndrome or uh, uh, Stockholm syndrome that causes people who have just had their entire world turned upside down and destroyed to go out and vote for. Oh, yeah, let's go four more years of the same fucking asshole as a governor. Well, you're assuming that mail-in voting in Washington is <laughs> not totally fixed. I have to. It's the only thing that keeps me from breaking down and crying. You know, it's hard to believe. It really is hard to believe at this point. And this concept that mail-in voting is the most secure way to I mean, the fact that the Democrats are pushing that meme now that, well, it's really the most secure way. It's like bullshit. Now, I can understand making the case well, we have a pandemic and it's dangerous to go out. So we really need mail in voting just for safety. That could be an argument I would listen to. I would still tell you it's a bad idea. But when they turn uh, to it's it's wrong. Yes. Well, that's why it's when they turn argument. to, well, no, mail in voting is really secure. It's like, well, now I know you're lying. I, well, you, but you already knew they're lying because they're well, politicians and they were talking. Well, I did, but it seems like a lot of yeah. people still don't get it and just will let these things go like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Like, no, no, it doesn't. It's like just like going outside when nobody's around for miles. Well, you should wear a mask. No, no, I shouldn't. But the drones will probably get me if I don't. So uh, I'm just hiding inside. It's so much yeah. nicer. So uh, I have a story from uh, and, and you, you probably heard about this. It's from Illinois. Uh, Governor Pritzker recently passed. Uh, I don't know what he signed, but at this point, it doesn't matter what kind of law it is because it'll be enforced, whether even if it's it's something he pinned on toilet paper. You know, his family's got more money than Trump's, right? I would not be surprised. I don't I, I never knew anything about Miss J J G J Q Pritzker before this whole thing started. And he he like so many other state governors decided instead of being just some kind of blowhard nuisance turned into actual fascists. Um, I never cared about the state governors before then, uh, but he passed a law that said it is now illegal. If you attack a merchant while they are trying to enforce a mask order, which made me immediately wonder aloud, was that not illegal already? Well, it was always illegal, but they turned it into a felony. I believe was the story. Yes, I, I OK, so I dug a little deeper into it and they they upgraded it from battery to aggravated battery, uh, you know, because um, battery in Illinois, uh, according to the ILCS, is uh, to cause bodily harm to an individual or to I love this one. This is in, in Illinois law. This isn't new to make physical contact of an insulting or provoking nature. <laughs> so, yes. You you poke somebody on the shoulder to get their attention. Congratulations. That's that's battery. Yeah, technically uh, making but, any contact, really. Yeah. Uh, but this this upgraded that to uh, the, the story. I I just had to laugh at the story 
because of the the implication that oh well well now it's wrong to attack a shopkeeper uh, was it not be i'm sorry i i i okay you know that i come down on the side where that masks are not needed and should not be enforced but at the same time hitting a fucking shopkeeper for trying to no that's not right. You are not a well-adjusted individual if you attack somebody in their own place of business because they try to ask you to put a diaper on your face. The correct response, if they are not willing to let you shop there without a diaper on your face, the correct response is turn around, walk out, and go shop somewhere else. Fuck him. He can go ahead and not get your business. You don't fucking attack people. What is that? No. Well, that's, that's well, that's logic. But we know that is disappearing quickly. But the problem I have with it is yet again, we have a system that is elevating certain people over others, which means if you're just standing outside that store and you're wearing a you know Trump T-shirt and somebody punches you in the face, that's a lesser crime that, that, than that if somebody be- punches the guy in the store in the face. It, it makes no sense. The crime well, should all be the same. Yeah. Yes. I. I. Well, that's a problem that I have in general with any kind, any kind of law which tries to read intent to determine the degree of the crime is it really exists for the purpose of feeding lawyers because you can't prove intent. You can't. We there is no technology that exists today that allows a person to peer inside the mind and figure out what they were thinking at the moment that a crime was committed. Which means that every time that you pass a law that says, well, if the person was thinking this, if if the person had hate in their heart when they committed this crime, that makes it worse. And all you're doing is is providing fodder for lawyers to argue endlessly over wh- you know, whether or not you think that somebody had hate in their heart when there's no way to tell. Um, but th- this this particular thing, I wanted to just point out, it it really isn't all that it was already aggravated battery by the way to attack a merchant who was trying to keep you from shoplifting this is not that much of a change no it's virtue signaling but here's the real question in all of these areas that are defunding the police who cares what the penalty is you're never gonna get arrested (laughs) for it yeah well there is that Uh, again virtue signaling is like we're we're going to make a whole bunch of thought crimes illegal but fortunately for you we're not actually going to fund any kind of yeah, I, maybe maybe it's the new era of police by Karens. It is the epitome of what's wrong in Chicago when it comes to gun violence is keep making more harsh laws, keep making harsher laws, keep making harsher laws. And the crime keeps getting worse. Why? Because you have a D.A. that don't like to prosecute. Yeah, I, which means that that crimes go by and it, it, there. It, I've always called this there ought to be a law syndrome. Every time something bad happens, you have to pass a law in response. That that seems to be at least that's the way it's always worked during my lifetime. And in a lot of cases, it's like the thing that happened was already illegal. There is no benefit to a new law. You have to be enforcing the ones that you have. But the moment that you decide all it does is pave the way for more selective enforcement. At this point, you know, the again, they're not even trying to hide the fact that that the people running these places are are corrupt enough that they want selective enforcement they actually are saying yeah we're only going to enforce laws against whites for example D- during 
During my research on this, I actually managed to read all of 720 ILCS 5-12-305, which is the description in Illinois state law about aggravated battery. Um, and it uh, there's a lot of reasons why you you uh, see. So do they have aggravated battery? Do they have joyful battery? Um, yeah, that must be the, that's the joyful battery is the class A misdemeanor, which means poking somebody on the shoulder. <laughs> Aggravated battery is, is the one that is a class X felony, whatever the hell that means. But it's, it's funny because the aggravated battery is literally one or uh, regular battery. The misdemeanor is one paragraph in the law and it's cause bodily harm to an individual or make physical contact of an insulting or provoking nature. That is it. That is everything. I'm not even going to read you this. This is uh, nine pages what of text. What about prayer aggra- battery? Um, let's see. Offense based on status of victim. A person commits aggravated battery when in committing a battery other than by discharge of a firearm, which is a totally separate category, by the way. If a gun has been fired, everything changes in Illinois law. But says if he or she knows the individual battered to be any of the following, which, by the way, means that if you are ignorant, you're innocent. Um, a person of 60 years. <laughs> I want that as a t-shirt. If you're ignorant, you're innocent. Well, it, that is again, Illinois law. If you don't know that the person falls in any of these classes, you are not guilty of this crime. Woo! But the classes are anybody 60 years of age or older. If you attack them, it's aggravated. Anyone who is pregnant or has a physical disability, uh, a teacher or school employee upon school grounds, uh, a peace officer, community policing officer, fireman, private security officer, correctional institution employee, Department of Human Services employee or, or any oh, a Department of Human Services employee, but only if supervising or controlling sexually dangerous persons or sexually violent persons. So I guess if somebody is in the process of trying to rape someone, then a Department of Human Services employee is is no go to attack. But I, otherwise, a Department of Human Services employee, I'm probably OK. I'm not real sure. Uh Let's see, an officer or employee of the state of Illinois, a unit of local government or a school district, uh, a transit employee, a taxi driver on duty. I, the, the list of carve outs in this is insane. This is an example of we have a general law that's a misdemeanor, and then we're going to take every single case that we think we care about and elevate it. Right. Make a protected I'm, I'm not, class. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This this law is like nine to 12 pages. <laughs> And you wonder why everything is so screwed up. The law should be fairly simple. And you understand why there's full-time lawmakers because they do stuff like this. Something that could well, be done in two or three sentences. Ah, let, let's take 30 pages. I, I, I take the, the complexity of the, the existence of a profession known as a lawyer is evidence that laws are too complicated. And I think that having a profession called lawmaker is not a symptom, but is rather the cause of laws being too complicated. We, this is, you know, this is something I, I, that I've talked about when, whenever I'm feeling particularly anarchist and want to needle somebody who seems to think that we need government. um, I, I will point out that the reason why we have so many laws is because we have this position in society called lawmaker it we are not allowed to put none of the above in there it has to be filled by somebody which by the way is is the default reason why we keep getting do nothing activists who turn into raging fascists the moment that they find a crisis they like 
because we have to put someone in there and we, you know, when, when everything is good, we don't need new laws. We, we really don't. Most of the time, by default, we don't need new laws. We have a lot of goddamn laws. We probably could get by on the ones we have for a long time, but we've got lawmakers and what are they supposed to do? They, they make laws. That's what they do. If, if you're in Congress, you, if you don't make a new law, you get voted out. If, if you don't, you know, it, in the, the DNC and RNC, if you don't submit at least a certain number of new laws during your first term in Congress, you're never going to be on a committee because they won't let you in. Yeah. That, there's an entire class of fucking Karens who are you know, HOA representatives who have been elevated to the position of being able to tell people to point guns at you because of laws. And, and they don't understand. They don't have any concept of not making new laws. That is exactly why they exist is make laws with too goddamn any laws. And that's one of the main reasons why there should be a law about that. There should. <laughs> So on the topic of laws, um, I also did a deep dive uh, because it popped up in uh, California Assembly Bill Five. Ooh. Uh, this is actually have, have you are you familiar with this at all? No, but it's it's a number five, so it must be good. Well, it was it was num- Assembly Bill Five of 2019. I'm not sure exactly how the numbering works, but um, this was passed in 2019 and it took effect on January 1st of this year. Uh, I actually had uh, it came across a story came across my radar back in March, but it was one of many, many things that end up going in my notes because I could talk about it and then not coming out of the notes because we always go long on this show. Uh, But Assembly Bill five is the California law that regards gig work. It regards uh, any kind of contract employee. Uh, what it requires is that uh, the vast majority of and, and there's uh, some specific tests, but the vast majority of contract workers be classified as employees, uh, which means, among other things, that you have to pay full payroll taxes. You have to pay unemployment taxes. You need to fill out a metric crap load of paperwork, a, a, the, the same paperwork as if you're doing a full new hire just to, to contract somebody for a job. Um, the story that popped up in March, uh, which I'll definitely put this link in the show notes because it is an amazing read. Uh, it was talking about killing the music business, the, the gig music. You, um, if you had a couple musicians who had songs and they wanted to put together a show at a local bar or something, um, the way it used to work is, you know, if, if you did your, all your own stuff, but you ended up, you know, the way a lot of music is done is that you'll record each track separately and throw them all together in, in audition or something uh, in order to create the whole thing. Well, you can't do that live because you can't play multiple instruments live. You can't drum and play the guitar at the same time. So what you do is you'll go out and say, hire a drummer. And uh, so this, this is a quote from the article said before the law passed, if I played a gig where I'd hire a drummer, bassist and guitar player, I'd just cut each a check for 200 bucks. Now I have to take that drummer, put him on payroll, W to him, get a worker's comp insurance, unemployment insurance. I have to pay payroll taxes. I also now have to hire a payroll company all to hire a musician for just one night. The paperwork alone costs more than the music. And, um, the result is that, uh, there, I mean, Honestly, the result now is the clubs are fucking closed, so it doesn't matter. But going up to this, uh, 
it, it has become impossible to hire somebody for a one-off gig because the paperwork required by the state of California is so incredibly high and it has killed a, a number of of businesses including you know in this case that there was a deep dive in music uh the the one other thing from that article that I really liked was uh there were uh in in passing the law there was a letter in support of the law that was signed by 75 law professors political scientists and sociologists uh to and uh reason contacted all 75 of the signatories to that to interview them and ask what they thought about the law that they supported now that it is dem- demonstrably killing jobs and zero of the 75 agreed to that interview oh no kidding yeah uh well, let's see Cali- but oh, yeah, yeah but this whole thing it makes perfect sense and beyond music where it's really having an effect and is with all of these new gig economy companies from uber to lyft to uber eats grubhub all of these things where you know the people that do your grocery shopping the instacarts and this kind of a thing people that want to do pick up a little bit of extra money maybe only have time to do this once or twice a month well the concept that they have to be treated as full-time employees well there's a lot of these companies that were like you know including uber that's like well we'll just shut down then in california because we can't afford oh you're getting ahead of me to do business this way yeah yeah so the entire reason for this law to be passed was because there are a number of people on uh, the payroll of uber and lyft who do this as their full-time job and were pissed off that they're not getting benefits that was the whole reason for this law was uber was not paying benefits to people driving for them now Uber is a scummy company because they really are treating a lot of people like full-time employees and getting out of any, you know, they're, they're going around and not paying benefits and stuff. Um, this is, they're not nice. They're, it's kind of a shitty labor practice because everybody else pays benefits. However, in Uber's defense, the one thing I will say is that the people know this going in, they have will, they have agreed. This is the, the agreement. This is a contract under which I want to make money. People get that. They're, they're, I mean, they have to be okay with it. They, nobody would, this was not hidden from anybody. You are a contractor. Right. You are, you, know, you, you are under contract. You are not an employee. You're not getting benefits. Well, that wasn't good enough. A lot of people, you know, as, as people tend to do when they seek some kind of, of remedy from state new laws, I'm they're not trying getting to change what I deserve. After. Yeah, they're trying to change the rules. So, uh, for example, um, California Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, who was the one who put forth the bill, uh, when she was asked if she felt bad for all of the jobs that had been cut in California, she, by the way, said, well, they weren't real jobs. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Well, I mean, she has a point. You mean like California Assemblywoman? That doesn't sound like a real job to me, bitch. Well, that's definitely (laughs) something that you should only be able to do for a few hours every week. Yeah, or or less or yeah yeah um so the the uh you know this the law was intended to hit uber it was intended to hit lyft but of course as with every law there was a long list of unintended consequences and uh so the first thing that happened was industries that were going to be slammed by this uh started lobbying in california and because the assembly of california didn't mean to screw over all these industries they continued with the blanket law of fuck everybody who wants to pay somebody for any kind of voluntary interaction 
and instead made a bunch of carve outs. So the current law has carve outs for doctors, dentists, psychologists, insurance agents, stockbrokers, lawyers, accountants, engineers, and real estate agents. Um, what have you noticed about everything I just read? Well, those all seem like full time jobs to lobby the California state legislature. Well, they also seem like full time jobs. I don't know how many dentists that are picking up work once a week. So, uh, oh, and the the only the only group on there which is not uh, generally considered to be a very high wage contracting job, uh, who also got an exception, was independent truck drivers who protested by driving their trucks to Sacramento and blocking in the Capitol building until they got a carve out too. I mean, those guys and gals, I mean, you want to talk about the people that are standing up for freedom right now. It is the truck drivers. There is no question about it. They're the ones. I got a lot of respect for those guys. Yeah. Well, they have my full support because the truck drivers unions have already started making some statements for the nice folks in Minneapolis and New York and all of these, you know, Austin, all of these places that want to defund the police. Seattle. Yeah, these truck driving unions are going, you know what? Not going to let our drivers go through your city. So you think you're still going to get shit delivered? No. If you want to defund the police, we're not bringing our big rigs into your city. This is where, I mean, you want to talk about having a ace in the hole for freedom. The truck drivers, as crazy as that may seem, are the ones that might keep this defund the police stuff from really going down a rabbit hole. Because once these cities realize, I mean, it's really easy to sit there in Minneapolis and be like, yeah, we're going to defund the police. It's going to be really cool. I mean, we have the biggest mall in the United States of America. <laughs> once the truck drivers go, yeah, we're not delivering anything to you. I think. Yeah, then- well, uh, I mean, it, it is a, a terribly visible example, and I absolutely applaud them. But the it, it's not just truck drivers that are going to cause the real problems for these inner cities. Uh, it, you know, it. This started with the the prosecutor's decision to not prosecute anything under a thousand dollars, for example, and it made shoplifting rampant. When shoplifting is rampant, yeah, when shoplifting is rampant, people stop having businesses open in the cities where this happens. Um, you know, there there are already large parts of San Francisco or Seattle that are. Uh, have you heard the term food desert? Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's a term that basically means large neighborhoods that don't have a local grocery store. Why don't they have a local grocery store? Because it's not economically feasible to have one there. The grocery stores were all driven out and you can't get food without going several miles away to somewhere that has it. And um, this is exactly what you're going to get because you are seriously disincentivizing people from having any kind of business in downtown Minneapolis, in downtown San Francisco, in downtown. These cities are, there's not going to be anywhere for the truck drivers to deliver to. Yeah. Like, which is fine. Cause you know, that as we all know, the left eats itself. So I guess when, when they run <laughs> out of food from their grocery stores, they'll just resort to cannibalism. That might happen. Then there will be less lefties and, uh, then maybe the end result is positive. So to finish up on the assembly bill five, we have, we, we come back to the modern era where, uh, the, the bill, which uh, w- w- it was almost entirely unintended consequences because it ended up screwing over lots and lots of people whose business model relied on people be two people being able to get together, exchanging some money and doing a service, which right. now the government needs to be involved in or it's illegal and they'll come shoot you. Well, yeah, look at uh, stuff like Fiverr, you know, oh, I need somebody to do a quick 
piece of art. I need somebody to do a quick voiceover, something like that, where I'm literally oh, yeah, that's spending all legal in California without paying payroll taxes and, yeah. and giving benefits. Yeah, it's nuts. So the one industry that they were trying to target with this law, Uber and Lyft, chose to completely ignore the law and do business as usual. So they uh, the the only thing that's been affecting Uber and Lyft is the fact that nobody needs a ride anywhere because everyone's staying home, which is a separate issue. But um, the funny thing is uh, when when the lockdown strangled the economy and caused everybody to get laid off everywhere and and become government slaves on unemployment, a whole lot of drivers who suddenly didn't have any work from Uber uh, tried to get unemployment which is the the method that we're giving out for UBI these days. They couldn't get unemployment because they Uber had never paid any unemployment taxes in violation of this law. So the drivers sued. And uh, just recently, uh, Judge Ethan Shulman of the San Francisco Superior Court ruled that Uber and Lyft drivers are employees. Uber needs to pay benefits, including all their back benefits, and they need to restructure their businesses in order to comply with the fact that every driver that they have is an employee now did uber come out and say see you later california yet because i'm guessing that's coming the 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 ceo has said in in a statement or interview that uh if they are obviously appealing because that's what you do in the legal system but they've said if this ruling stands uh the uber ceo said we will have to shut down for a year or more in california in order to change our business model entirely. Um, and given how much more expensive the new business model will be, they might not be back in California, which is hilarious because that's where they started. Yes. Well, I mean, this concept of having a business where the employees, you know, the people doing the work are just temporary seems like a good one. But this concept, this law would totally screw that up beyond all repair and make it so nobody will be employed by the company. Yeah. Well, and, and, and nobody is, I, I, I hate to say this because it sounds terribly cynical, which I know is uncharacteristic for me very much, but the goal of a lot of government bureaucrats is if everybody is unemployed and nobody is allowed to work for each other and everyone has to work for the state, then we have de facto created our socialist utopia where everybody is equal and everyone's working for the state. And by the way, I am the bureaucrat in charge of the state. So I feel very, very powerful. Socialism's coming. If people don't stand up, I do feel that way. I mean, this really was something that for years, you know, you kind of saw it coming and you felt that, you know, maybe the change was in the air, but you always had faith that the constitution and the way the United States was set up, that there was no way it was going to happen in our lifetime. I don't feel that way anymore. I'm getting the feeling now that we are literally at that precipice where it can go very poorly with the presidential election. And I do believe if Biden wins, there's uh, a domino effect uh, going to start. Biden better hope he doesn't win because he will not survive to February 2021 if he <laughs> if he's sworn in. It will be three weeks and he will die mysteriously in in a flying hot tub or something. (laughs) Maybe a flying hot tub with Bill Clinton on their way to uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island. Yeah. President Kamala won't be far down the road if that ticket wins. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I, I had one other note that I really liked about Assembly Bill 5, and this this was the reason why you might have heard of it, because it was a beautiful bit of schadenfreude back in the day. Uh, the uh, Assembly Bill 5, when it was being passed, was uh, spoken very, very highly of by uh, reporters at Vox, who were very much pushing it. And after it passed, 80% of the reporters Gig report gig reporters at Vox were fired under this law. Well, yeah, because that's the other thing. When you really start getting into the logical, uh, the way this is going to play out is if you're a website that pays people for content, and maybe somebody sends you one or two articles a month. Well, you can't yeah. do that anymore. They do, have to be want to give full medical benefits and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's logical. So instead of 600 a month for three articles, you're getting, um, let me see, Kari, the, the, nothing. And you're taking away the concept that some of these writers might write for 30 different websites and they yeah. give, you know, one piece to each one every month. Well, that's that's always the side that's never pointed out. Everybody's always talking about the, you know, how the company wants to get out of paying ta- taxes or you know, want to get out of the, you know, What about the people? who are taking on this contract work because they want to be able to take contracts from a dozen companies or because they or because say um, somebody is say raising a family and only wants to work part time or, you know, there are all kinds of valid reasons why a person would very logically decide for themselves that a contract job is the way to go. In fact, uh, before I went full time at Microsoft, I worked contract for them for quite a while. Because I, well, because I, I ended up joining the workforce right at the dot-com crash and nobody was hiring and contract work was the only way that I was able to get my foot in the door. And if, if I hadn't been allowed to do that, then I would never have gone, gone into that career. Then it was your sunny disposition that got you the full-time gig. No, no, it was my code. In fact, I, I think they. I, I think that the people who knew me weren't involved in the hiring process. It was the only, it's the only possible explanation. Yeah, logic that works. That definitely works. But it's uh, the unintended consequences of this kind of stuff with the Internet that created all of this and all of these cell phones and all of these apps that made all of these businesses available to people overnight in a great way to make a little bit of extra money. Of course, the government steps in and uh, and torpedoes the whole thing because. Yeah, that's what we do is Billy Bones and the troll room pointed out when we were talking about that. And he does a great podcast called A Walk Through the Mind, which is very similar to Random Thoughts, but it's the millennial edition of it. So I think it's really kind of a cool thing to see how different people of different age groups look at the same thing. But that's what he pointed and, out and was these were never succinct and more hinged. Yeah, these were never meant to be full time jobs. So trying to treat them as such. It's like, are you saying now it's it can it will never be legal for somebody to come up with a business model that doesn't involve full time employees who are getting full medical and all this? And if that's the case, then you really, as you said, we're down the line already to socialism and full government control. And you just may as well bend over. Well, any time that two people interact, the government wants to be involved. That's how they keep control. And that's how they make their money. It's you know, what do you think sales tax is that that is. When the, you know, whenever two people get together for a voluntary exchange of, of goods or services for money, the, the government says, well, 
um, you people did it and uh, we're the ones in the background that have guns. And even though you did everything on your own and we didn't actually provide any kind of service, pay anyway or we'll shoot you. Well, the fact that we that's, take that's what sales tax is, the fact that we take donations. I mean, do we have to be a full time uh, health insurance and all this? I yes. mean, we're, we're bringing we're, money we're both full time employees of Grumpy Old Ben's Incorporated. Damn. Uh, we need the mothership to start sending some more cash. Yeah. Well, I, actually, uh, it, it doesn't particularly impact uh, the, the really small organizations like you and I, because we're I, I well, I mean, it theoretically it could, but it's not impacting us because we're um, not suing each we, other for health insurance yet. <laughs> well, that might be it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But, you know, maybe. Maybe what we're doing is illegal. We're podcasting. That's that's got to be illegal somewhere. But uh, one of the businesses that really will be hit, if, especially if this law goes outside of California, is the the Podbean, the um, the Stitcher, the oh, yeah. uh, all of the the little podcasting. You know, because when when you record a podcast and you put it up on Spotify, and they send you a pittance, then that's a gig job. Yeah, you're you know, an employee. They, yeah, they they slap ads on the beginning and end of your podcast and then send you a few cents for it. That's a that's a gig. And suddenly now they're going to have to send you a few cents and pay full medical benefits. I like that concept. I mean, it'll I, just get rid of all the competition. The no, little guys will no. rise. It is. Well, it is precisely. Yeah, <laughs> it is precisely the same thing that the same unintended consequences of minimum wage laws, which again is a grumpy old Ben's topic. We did way back in the day, which is it sure sounds nice when you're thinking about being in the position of, Oh, you mean the government is going to require that the company give me more money. And yeah, that's true. If you happen to be one of the lucky few who gets your job, but when the government steps in and, and puts price controls on some kind of, of, interaction between two people people economically then you are pretty much guaranteeing that you know if you've made the deal sweeter for one side you've made it worse for the other side and given that both sides have the right to walk away you are creating a situation in which there is a lot more incentive for in the case of of making gig work more expensive or the case of minimum wage for the company to just walk away and say yeah we don't need to hire you at all so for the 10% who get to keep your jobs Congratulations. You just won the lottery and you now get more money. And for the 90% who just got laid off because of that minimum wage hike or because of the 90, you know, if in the 99% who got laid off or, or told to go pound sand because we can't afford to pay your medical benefits in addition to the $200 for one night of drumming. Uh, congratulations. You've just gone from $200 for one night of drumming with no benefits to unemployed with no benefits. Aren't you happy that you voted Democrat, you stupid sheep? Yeah, well, the uh, raising the minimum wage, the most interesting thing there was learning the origins were nefarious, and it wasn't to help the people who didn't have a job. It was to keep them out of a job. If you didn't have a job, they were trying to price you out. Go back and listen to that episode. It yeah. was it was <laughs> mind the, the, blowing. The, the, the economists who came up with the idea of minimum wage, the ones who pushed it, the ones who made it a thing in this country, they weren't doing it because they wanted to help out people. They knew goddamn well, they knew exactly what the effect was going to be. 
which was all of the undesirable people who are making low paying jobs are going to go from being in low paying jobs to no paying jobs because they'll all be fired because it's too expensive. That was literally what they were trying to do. The, the economists and the people who the well under I'll, Woodrow I'll just, Wilson. Yeah. I'll just say it like it is the the racists who instituted minimum wage did so because they knew that blacks were lower pay in lower paying jobs than whites. And they wanted to drive the blacks out of jobs and they did it by making it too expensive to hire people at a lower wage, right? Drive them out of the jobs to keep them on the government dole in order to keep them voting their way. I mean, this is what it's been for over 50 years. And you're seeing this now with the raising of the minimum wage. Why do you think a company like White Castle would spend millions of dollars in getting a robot developed and then spend millions of dollars if this goes through to outfit all of their restaurants? Why would they put this out there? Why would they put that much cash out there rather than just paying somebody, you know, your teenager? Right. Because the cost of developing, procuring and maintaining a robot is less than the cost of paying minimum wage to these people. Amazing. That is the only reason they would do that. The only reason any company does anything is they evaluate the cost and they go with what works best. And they totally miss out on the fact that having menial jobs, you know, between your ages of, you know, 16 and 18, 20, whatever it is, is actually a growing experience that all kids, I think, should have. This concept now, well, I never have a job until I walk into a hundred thousand dollar a year bullshit job after college. Yeah, you're not ready. these people never worked retail at Old Navy or or Circuit City. <laughs> yes, or Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah. I and it's I it, it's imp, it's an important. I mean that that is one of the places where the the raise in the minimum wage is really uh, all of these young people who are going out and like the, you know they're they're getting their socialist brainwashing from the school and saying of course we need higher minimum wage. You're the ones that it's screwing. You know, somebody who has a lot of experience like me, I can go in and I don't have to worry too much about the minimum wage because any job that I get with my experience is going to necessarily be above that level anyway. But a teenager who has no job and no work ethic is not worth $15 an hour. They might be worth $9 an hour. And, you know, which is where the gig economy came in. And now they're trying to shut that down. Yeah, exactly. Every single time that we have some interaction where people are voluntarily entering into uh, a, an economic agreement that benefits both sides, the government needs to be involved. And if you have a bunch of Karens running your government, then they need to stop it immediately because, oh, my God, you know, this isn't nearly this is not equitable underneath my criteria. Well, here's here's a hint. You want to know whether or not a, a, an economic deal between two consenting parties is equitable. Did they both take the deal? Right. If they did, they both feel like they're getting something out of it and it must be equitable. Yes. That's how the free commerce system works. And without that, we've got a lot of problems. If, if some, if one party thought they were getting screwed, they wouldn't agree to the deal. That's how the, that's how capitalism works. Yeah. But anyway, it yeah, is free market. It is. That's the free market. That's just how it works. And uh, a lot of people just don't seem to understand that. And, and now we're getting stuff in the guise of fairness, which it's if somebody says something's for fairness, most likely it's not. You want to yeah. dig a little deeper it, into well, that. Yeah, fair, fairness these days is a key word for for the group that I've chosen should get more than you do. Yeah. 
well, again, it it's elevating one group over another for no apparent reason. Just like, oh, the shopkeeper now, it's it's a bigger hate crime to punch him in the face than the guy just standing in front of the store who doesn't work for the shop. It's like, no, yep. if you're punching somebody in the face, it's the end result should be the same. I mean, all the hate crime and stuff, too, I think is absolutely nuts. It's like, so if you hit a guy in the head because he's gay or black, well, then you're going to get a longer sentence, a worse punishment than hitting somebody in the head with a hammer who you otherwise liked. I don't get it. You're hitting somebody in the head with a hammer. The penalty should be the same. It's funny that that in that kind of penalty is one of the few places where where they seem to want to judge people based on intent and not on outcome. Because you know, a law against assault should be based on the outcome. Like, uh, if if you only wounded his pride, then maybe it's a slap on the wrist. If you only, you know, if you broke a bone, it should be this. And if you killed somebody, then it's a much higher. You know, that that is is an equitable way to write a law against assault. Is what was the outcome? But they want intent, which is entirely the opposite of the the kind of equality they're talking about, where. You know, obviously, quality of outcome is the only thing that is important. I don't know. I'm that was that was more stream of consciousness than usual. But yeah, well, you're not so, wrong. I know we've been blathering for an hour and a half, and we have we have we even talked about tech yet? Because no, I'm, no, I've been told that that's what our show is supposed to be about. I mean, on certain days, comic strip blogger definitely likes the tech talk, and a lot of people do. And there was some of that tech involved in the whole gig system. I mean, without tech. Without your cell phones, you you can't have all of these gig systems, which, of course, they're just tracking devices. And uh, we've covered that in great detail. But there's been a bunch of stories going on this week, including and I didn't quite get this one at first. It was off the hacker news. Amazon Alexa bugs allowed hackers to install malicious skills remotely. And I'm like, nice. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is interesting because there's literally nothing you can do to secure your device. I mean, you could separate it from the rest of yes, your network. Is. Well, you could turn it off. But yeah, but that's a stupid thing. If you're Send going yeah, that would be the only way that would be you're 100% safe if you unplug it from the internet. I'll give you that. But if, just saying if you actually want to use one of these devices and there are reasons for people to use these devices especially if you have a visual problem, you know, not being able to see, these are nice devices to have around. So it's yeah, no and, and if you if you also happen to have a trust problem where you trust people in Silicon Valley. Well, yeah, I mean, you could build your own when it comes to some of these smart speakers, but none of them really work all that well yet. Maybe we should look into those because I know there were a couple of projects working, but this yeah, I, was uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Mycroft. Yes, we should look into that. I totally I I love to use something like that. Now, this wasn't actually the devices just sitting in people's homes being hacked so i was i was happy to hear that what it came down to was as usual having somebody click on a link that was a malformed amazon link and with a lot of these i'm also guessing the fact that people just will sign into amazon if they get an amazon link or with me you know it's usually you've been shopping on amazon so you're automatically logged in but it actually would make if somebody had their browser and clicked on the link, it could actually add something to your device because as long as they're able to access your Amazon account, and if you're logged in, I guess, 
on your computer or on your cell phone or tablet, whatever you're using, you're logged into Amazon. If you clicked one of these links, it was able to access the skills that were on your Alexa device. So it also made it uh, able for them to do a lot of crazy stuff, including adding a skill or removing said skill, which is really genius because now you can hack somebody, get the payload, and then basically go back and cover your tracks. Now they're saying this has yeah. all been fixed. So that's, that's or, a good thing, but, or, or, or you remove one that's already installed and replace it with yes. uh, a, a compromised version. Yes. And they said that they were able to get all of your voice recordings, which if people who don't know, if you have one of these devices and it doesn't matter which companies it is, they store every bit of audio that has triggered their system. And as we talked about on the last show, the Google devices are listening all the time because if you have a broken window or a smoke alarm going off, all of a sudden they're going, hey, we hear that. But when when we used to we used to joke that, oh, well, you know, we we happened to mention, you know, diapers and, uh, you know, I, when we were in the same room as it and now it's we're seeing nothing but ads for diapers that we see those anecdotes all the time, but they were disprovable. But when when they start calling you about we heard a broken window sound in your house. Yes. Like, are you OK listening? Yes, we're listening all the time, but they track and keep every one of those audio recordings. So if you have one of these machines in your home and you've had it like two or three years now, you can go back and hear the first thing that you ever said to it to trigger it because all of that audio is stored. And it's also something people should go listen to just to hear the quality of these microphones yet again, because that's where the genius in these devices really comes out. But overall, this particular hack, and I'm sure there will be more, was due to an XSS flaw in one of their subdomains that allowed, you know, cross scripting between the different domains. And the article here on the Hacker News is basically being grumpy old Ben's because the whole last part of it is the need for Internet of Things security. Well, we've already done that episode, but it always is. uh, It's always good to remind people that those little devices are entry points into your network. And did you um, did you mute yourself or I I did? And then when I went to click the unmute, I accidentally clicked the window behind it instead. And (laughs) that's that's less than optimal. Technology is hard. It is. Uh, I, <laughs> are you sure? okay do you really want to say that do i need to cut that out of the podcast you're taking your ben creds right out the window you're like i can't even use a mute button i uh, you it, know what it, it, people are going to make their own decisions uh like at least no I, they're not I haven't you been listening do. to grumpy old bens nobody makes their own decisions anymore no, no. Uh, uh, people who listen to grumpy old bens and can stand it are already forming their own opinions <laughs> Because if you are a sheep, I have insulted you so many times that you quit listening. So not just the people that listen to Grumpy Old Benz, it's the people that listen and can stand Grumpy Old Benz. <laughs> it's, it's a very select group. Yes, we're, we're whittling down, no doubt about it. But I thought that would make you happy, the whole Amazon thing that uh, these things oh, aren't yeah. impervious to hack. So you're you're saying that we we can go back and find like there is a a page somewhere that you can log into that will show you everything that you've ever said that triggered this device. Yes, and it'll show you the text of what they believe you said and you can press the little play button and hear yourself speaking. The audio is saved. Yeah. All but, of it. 
Okay. Well, I, I mean, it's only fair considering that, that everything that the devices ever said has triggered me. So, I, you know, <laughs> it is, it's, it's equitable. The, the hacker news also had an interesting article, which I thought this was good since you are the ex Microsoft employee, which was Microsoft reveals new innocent ways. Windows users can get hacked. Like we really needed this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why, except, you know, again, this is the typical type of article that comes out after the latest security patches and all that. And the latest run of security patches were no different. The latest patch Tuesday, 120 newly discovered software vulnerabilities. 17 are critical and the rest important in severity. And I do have to go check my uh, Dell laptop again because it was crashing on the uh, not, not actually crashing the machine, but the Windows update just wasn't working. It's the first time I've run into that. Um, but this this starts to be worrisome when the Windows update packages aren't accepted and it just goes through the whole loop of trying to install them and it gets to what appears to be the end of installing the updates and then the thing just craps out and is like we were unable yeah. to install uh, let's we're t- we're removing these updates and it's like what i <laughs> the the update failed message is always horrible not not because you're worried about i mean you maybe you should be worried that your computer is insecure because you don't have an update but uh the thing that always bothers me about it the most is oh god now they're gonna fucking try again right it's gonna well and it's gonna take time they're gonna try yep. again and it may and, fail and again gonna, it's not a, it's not like and a they're two gonna minute insist thing. on yet another reboot yep yes they insist on the reboot and the the insanity is there's no reasonable fix for this they just give if, you if an you're error not code. rebooting you're not you ain't a windows user yeah but there's no help as far as what you should do to get this fixed i mean i'm assuming if this you know there's if you hit an update which makes your machine puke if you just sit there and ignore it eventually you are going to have an issue because you're going to miss security updates that come out and microsoft if the thing is borked isn't giving you any way to unbork it it's just going eh, we'll try again later so well, it'll be if, interesting if the to update see if that is works. genuinely borked then if you if you have this ability, then you hide the update, you install the other stuff, and you hopefully will remember to go back and check it the next month. Because if the update is really screwed up, then Microsoft will usually uh, silently and without any kind of mea culpas just issue a new one that covers what was supposed to happen. And uh, Windows Update actually has a method where they can provide cumulative updates where yeah, the, this update actually includes all the fixes from the other ones, so it'll invalidate the one that you ha- hadn't had, and that way you won't have to try. In theory, if you procrastinate on an update for a month, then the next month, if if Microsoft releases uh, a cumulative patch that fixed the update issue, then it will invalidate the one you were ignoring, and you won't have to install it. Makes sense. It, uh, Sir Matthew yeah. points out it's very easy to take care of this problem in windows you delete the system 32 folder yes actually that was going to be one of my remedies is is take off and nuke the site from orbit it's the only way to be sure and then (laughs) you put you know put a fresh ubuntu install on there or something and trust me you'll never have to worry about windows update again yeah just nuke the thing i really should do a fresh install of windows on there for for some reason the previous version of the laptop the xps 15 ubuntu was like yeah it works great fine awesome 
this version of the laptop. They're like, well, Ubuntu kind of works. It's like, geez, come on. Why can't this stuff just be easy? All of my my advice about just if if the update consistently fails to install, then you can just ignore it for a month because you'll probably get a roll up that fixes that. Um, All of that goes out the window if you happen to have Windows 10 home where you're not allowed to block any updates. And now you just have to sit there while you whether or not whatever you're doing, what your system will just constantly keep trying to apply the update reboot and fail over and over again. Congratulations. This is just your Windows 10 life from now on. That is part of Windows 10. And this was in the article from the Hacker News. It says, in a nutshell, your Windows computer can be hacked if you and then there's a list. The first thing (laughs) have a Windows computer. Well, that is that should be number one, because the first thing is play a video file. Thanks to flaws in Microsoft Media Foundation and Windows Codex. So playing a video file can get you hacked. Number two, listening to audio. I mean, (laughs) thanks to bugs affecting Windows Media Audio Codex. Three, browsing a website. Thanks to the all-time buggy Internet Explorer. Is anybody really still using Internet Explorer? Anyone? The only website that most people go to with Internet Explorer is, is Google Chrome. Yes, and Chrome has had some issues lately. Uh, that uh, I've got a Chrome story today. Yeah, editing an HTML page thanks to a MS HTML engine flaw, reading a PDF thanks to a loophole in the Microsoft Edge PDF reader, and receiving an email message thanks to yet another bug in Microsoft Outlook. So yeah, are these all are these all current vulnerabilities? Yes. Because these are all components that have had vulnerabilities and long since been patched. Yes, it's just more. Yeah, it's like, don't worry. You don't need to stop using your computer or without Windows OS on it. All you need to do is click start menu, open settings, click security and update, and install any new updates available. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's that is the advice. Yeah. Just always always install every update that anybody ever has. You know, there there's a they need to release a font patch to remove the swastika character. Yeah, go ahead and install this update. It's important. I was trying to Whatever. install the updates, and then Windows just kept saying, big, bad Windows confused. No can do. Yeah, just you, shut up and take your reboots, slave. Yeah, and the Chrome thing. I mean, that's hilarious, too. Uh, was that the, was the where that you could uh, there was could bypass the, the security in the browser? And because uh, uh, I know it was uh, Chrome, Opera. Was it Safari as well? well? All these things using the same base now. Yeah. The, the well, store you have. They're all using WebKit underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, which is awesome because WebKit is, is technically open source, but the only people who really have rights to check in are Google employees. So, I mean, it's perfect. It mean, Google owns all advertising on the web. Google owns all search on the web. And Google owns all modifications and updates to the browser that you use to access the web. I. I can't see a problem with this. Can you? No, no, not at all. But I, I'm going to put these links in the show notes because a lot of these have been over the last few shows and we never got to it. But I do want to mention the overall avalanche that it seems to me as somebody who's constantly looking for tech stories to cover here on Grumpy Old Ben's and over on Random Thoughts, which is Grumpy Old Ben's without Ryan Bemrose, available at Random Thoughts, R-E-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts dot com. There's been a lot, a lot of Linux stories. And I'll just go down the list. And if you want any more details, we can get into those. But uh, story today, NSA discloses new Russian-made Drovarub malware targeting Linux. 
Uh, the next one, Linux warning, TrickBot malware now infecting your systems. The next one, KDE archive tool found uh, a flaw to let hackers take over Linux accounts. The next one, sneaky, doki Linux malware infiltrates Docker cloud instances. The next one, critical grub to bootloader affects billions of Linux and Windows systems. There have been a ton of stories about problems with Linux, more than I think I've ever seen in any short period of time. And it may just be that everybody's home due to this uh, whole pandemic. And we understand with all the working from home that a lot of servers are Linux based because I don't think a lot of people working from home are using it as their as the operating system that they use on their personal systems. But is this because of the fact that servers are just now really a uh, target or is this just uh, any explanation? I I would I would speculate and I I don't know much about this. Now I want to. uh, So I will be probably I will be going to grumpy after this show and reading those show notes because they're good. Uh, I would speculate that Linux is where Macintosh was in 2007, uh, where, you know, in, in say, oh, three, you knew that only Windows got viruses. And if you ran a Mac, then you were one of those elite people who never had to worry about viruses. And it wasn't because Macintosh was somehow inherently more secure. It was that it didn't have enough market share for hackers to particularly care whether or not you had a Mac. They were like, okay, well, I can, I can go out and write uh, an exploit that, that, ha- you know, gets into a Mac and screws it up. And then, you know, there's six computers in the world that can run my exploit. It's much more profitable to hack windows. And somewhere around 07 with the, the resurgence of Steve jobs and OSX catching fire, um, Macintosh gained enough market share that it started being worth hacking. Right. And it, so, you know, somewhere along the line, Apple kind of had to, you know, eat, eat some of their words when they were, you know, the, I don't know if you remember the ads that were constantly in, uh, you know, the, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC ads where oh, yeah. among other things, Apple was constantly harping on the fact that windows gets viruses and Mac doesn't. And then the, the whole slew of Mac viruses came out after they started getting, getting market share. And I think that might be what's happening to Linux now. Uh, Linux is, uh, I don't have any reason to believe that it's making a lot of market share on the desktop, although I, I would like to think that Windows 10 has pissed off enough people that they're starting to look into other options. I don't necessarily believe that happens. I mean, these people are also the kind of people who can uh, have their entire livelihood stripped away and yet still vote Democrat. But <laughs> I think that you know Linux has enjoyed in the last several years an incredible upsurge in popularity on uh mobile and server platforms where you know the the rise of AWS which is almost entirely Linux uh, uh Microsoft Azure now ha- is a mix of Microsoft of Windows platforms and Linux platforms um and then uh Android which is a form of Linux and uh, there have been a lot more AOSP devices out there, which are effectively Linux platforms with a phone service attached, and then you can put whatever you want on there. So when somebody comes out with a, a new AOSP platform, uh, then any Linux services that are in that are now, I, I think that the, and it, by the way, it's not, you know, Linux itself is just the kernel. Right. So 
I, you know, is that vulnerable? I don't know. Well, but, yeah, that's what they're saying. Make sure you're running the at least Linux kernel 3.7. And of course, the NSA recommends installing the latest Linux updates and run the latest yeah. software versions. But, but what I mean is the the vast majority of what you just called out there are not vulnerabilities in Linux itself. They're not vulnerabilities in the kernel. They are vulnerabilities in Linux based systems in a lot. You know, well, you did say bootloader that that's one thing that, uh, but most of it was this package or that package or this package and different distros have different packages associated with them. So it, it's a whole lot harder than just saying, Oh, there's a vulnerability in windows, right? Cause you have to say it, you know, it's in the, the open, you know, the GNUPG package or something like that, uh, which was the one I had last week. Um, so I don't know. I guess I just used a lot of words to say I'm not really sure. Uh, I speculate that uh, it's just a gain in popularity. Yeah, that is what also Cold Acid believes, that, that it is more. They're, you know, they're going after more of the desktop Linux. They've always gone after the servers, he says. And he knows he works in this whole deal. Uh, and uh, I, I could also use this as as a jump off for a rant about how all of the languages out there that have safety rails everywhere and will not let you will not let your program compile if you have a switch statement without a uh, a break at the end of the last statement so that it will it will hit the break statement instead of falling through to the end of the switch that that's one of my complaints about c sharp um or you know, there's a lot of programming languages out there that if you if you indent incorrectly or you put a semicolon in the wrong place the kind of thing that probably doesn't impact uh, the program, the compiled program structure, but might violate somebody's standards or, or, you know, their, their coding style guide. There's a lot of languages now that just won't compile. And I call these safety rail languages and the, you know what, I'm actually going to table my full rant on safety rail languages as much as I want to do this. Uh, But what I will say is in every case where you put up safety rails, you train people to not think about the edge cases that the safety rails fix, which if you are writing an app that needs, you know, that, that you just want to, you know, pull something out of a database and display it on a text so that you can send all of somebody's data to Facebook, then that's perfectly fine to have the safety rails in place because you, it means you don't have to think about a, a dangling pointer or, or a null reference or, uh, you know, a, a page fault or something like that. And that is a load off of a, a programmer's mind who's just assembling an app because it reduces the complexity you have to work with. It also means that modern programmers these days never think about things like a, a dangling right pointer or a non-terminated string. And the if these are the kind of, you know, in systems programming, you you generally have to think about stuff like that because that's where a lot of vulnerabilities come from and you tend to write in languages like C that are like, yeah, you, you want to, you want to write to this uninitialized memory. Yeah, that, that's fine. We, we don't care what we'll do, whatever it's, it's your program. And if you have somebody who was writing systems code in the seventies and eighties doing that, then they are going to think about the precise memory layout of each instruction each time they write. But if you've got somebody who's been writing in a safety rail language and were were trained on on Rust or Python, how to program, and then you get them to write systems code. They are not going to think about memory layouts or 
stuff like that. And that could lead into a, a worsening of code quality as more young programmers who have never done systems programming and had to worry about a null terminated strings go into the programming field. Yeah. Well, and that's when it comes down to all these vulnerabilities too. people just, again, you have to wrap your head around the fact that it's the weakest common denominator theory, which is what we talk about all the time with WordPress, that it's usually not the core WordPress that gets hacked or that has a vulnerability, although that has happened. It's, it's usually a plugin. Yeah. And a very popular one, for example. Yes. And, uh, you know, the more popular the plugin is, again, the more people are looking for the vulnerabilities. And it's interesting, I guess, when it comes to the Linux concept for an operating system is that there are certain things that are used across multiple versions. So it's not, uh, you know, the, the fact isn't like, oh, well, yeah, if you're using Ubuntu, that's completely different than this variant or this variant or this variant. And they all are using certain things that all of these uh, systems all share. And if you find a vulnerability there, that's, I guess, where you have the biggest kind of issue. And now that more people are using Linux, I guess it is the I mean, especially I would think that the people using Linux as far as on their laptop or desktop, if people still even have desktops, they would be the more technical people. So I can see where you might be. I mean, you might want to go after a Sir Bemrose more than just some average user who knows nothing. I mean, it depends what you're looking for, I guess, is the uh, I'm, I'm going to be real difficult to go after because whatever you found a vulnerability in, chances are I've already disabled it in my system. You've unplugged it. I mean, you don't even you don't even plug into the Internet to do the show. I think you're using smoke no. signals and mirrors. Telepathy. <laughs> telepathy. That would be then uh, you should tell me who's going to uh, uh, actually if, if telepathy were were a technology that we have, I would definitely stay the hell away from it because what <laughs> happens when that gets hacked? <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you're the one that pointed out the dangers of using retinal scans, fingerprints and all this to unlock, you know, your face to unlock your phone because you can't reset those things. Yeah, it's yes. They using any kind of immutable as a security feature sounds like a really good idea. It's like, yeah, there's no way that that, you know, if if this is you, you've always got your thumb scan and you've always. It, yeah, that's great. Right up until uh, something gets hacked and you can't change. You can't just go, oh, uh, you know, this database leaked out online and now all of my passwords are out there. Let me just change all my fingerprints. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's hard to do. Yeah. It involves you, scarring. You have to do some uh, physical adjusting and that wouldn't be any fun. But I just found today, I didn't even realize this was still around. Did you know? of resilio sync which is basically the uh the uh continuing legacy of BitTorrent sync the program is still around i, I did not know that was still around i, I BitTorrent sync had had kind of shut down sort of yes well it's gone now it was purchased or acquired by the company resilio r-e-s-i-l-i-o okay and the only reason i paid They're any attention Chinese, to this was due to a tweet earlier from the podfather adam curry who mentioned that the complete archive of his daily source code was quote out there and had the key for the, uh, well, Resilio sync now key. Wow. So I installed it and put the key in before the show. I got about half, about 50% through. Then I paused it to do the show. Cause I know we need the bandwidth, but I'll be going back to, uh, 
to grab the rest of those like 850 or so episodes of the daily source code that's just out there. Wow. And it was so simple to get. Don't get me wrong. I like Adam Curry, but I'm not sure that I could listen to that much of it at once. (laughs) Well, not at once. Are you you planning on binging it? That'd be hard. That would be hard, but it would. I want to hear how, you know, I don't remember hearing much of those back in the day, but you know, the fact that it's music and all that kind of stuff, I want to hear some of that want to want to get a little bit of a taste of that of the podfather doing his thing when it comes to the music side of that actually uh see hearing some kind of of uh, time lapse of of how podcasting has changed through the years from the perspective of the podfather would actually i, I mean I'd, I'd listen to that supercut and the fact that there there was like eight or nine people that were connected currently to this uh, archive which, if from what I can understand, this is basically simulating a cloud storage, but there's no cloud involved. It's all peer-to-peer, and it seems like an interesting way to distribute things because it's completely under the radar. So anybody that's distributing any kind of, uh, you know, maybe pirated content or anything like that, there is no centralized mothership that it's dealing with. You just get people to sign in. And once that you you have a shared folder and it appears that for for people that want to use this, just like on their local machines, you could set this up and have, you know, say one documents folder be synced across all of your machines, including your cell phone, window or, uh, you know, iPhones and uh, Android and making this stuff just available everywhere, which is interesting if the security aspects don't completely suck. And it doesn't seem like they do, but it's it's some interesting technology. I remember being excited about it back in the day, and then it really did disappear off the face of the earth, seemingly. But that's I guess we found out why that some other company acquired this technology and they're a company that does, uh, you know, network syncing for large companies and stuff like that. And they sell the service. But the fact that you could just take some weird like 50 digit code and put it into a program and all of a sudden it's just downloading all of these episodes. It's like, that's kind of cool. It it sounds cool. It also sounds really, really dangerous from the perspective of uh, say a copyright owner who wants to be able to control what's in that archive bundle. Oh yeah. No way um, you can control I'm, I'm it. I'm waiting for how, how long is it going to be before uh, you know, when, when stuff like this keeps flying around it, you know, um, but they have to my, find it. That's the, I mean, well, this is kind of like Usenet, right? That's <laughs> still, well, it's still around. I mean, they, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that are doing deep packet inspection to try to f- figure out, okay, well, if this is the BitTorrent protocol, we're just going to block it. I don't even think it is the BitTorrent protocol and it could all be encrypted. I have to do a little more de- of a deep yeah, dive yeah. into how this it, works. You could, it could be encrypted with TLS and then, you know, at some, how far before the ISPs all go all China firewall and block all TLS 1.3 traffic. Because the other versions are cracked. Yeah, we talked about that last week. It's it's a it's a file syncing bit uh, bit torrent protocols. We uh, Sir Omaha is asking for the link. It is resilio r e s i l i o dot com. It'll be in the show notes. It's some interesting stuff for people. You know, there were there was you know of course the obligatory when you have a program that you're trying to push people, and there are paid versions of it. You have the, oh, here's what everybody's using this for. And, you know, somebody mentioned they're using it for podcasting, because if you and I had a shared folder and we're recording our own stuff or videos, you could just drop those in the folder and it just shows up at the other person's house. 
You know, it just all oh, yeah. magically happens in the background without a mothership, without I mean, sure. People can yeah, use stuff say, like Dropbox. Dropbox but does that. Microsoft had their OneDrive, which always wanted to be Dropbox, except that they integrated into the system. But the service sucked. So right. everybody tried to shut it off or complain like, what the hell is OneDrive doing now? Well, the main difference is Dropbox gives you a certain amount of you know, bandwidth that you can have a certain amount of disk storage that you can have where this there's no mothership in between. It's all peer to peer. So it yeah. doesn't matter. You can add as much as you want into the folder. There's no size restrictions. And uh, well, I definitely approve of of un, uncontrolled, uncancelable I- media integration so that you don't have, you know, because every single every single Internet company's terms of service is now things like, you know, you you we will automatically violate you if you use this for anything we don't approve of how are you violating me i all i'll say is i did geek out a little when i saw the saw the tweet with this string of text and i'm like okay i kind of understood what was involved but i w- was like going on a little treasure hunt because it's like where do i put this now i i didn't know because i'm like i've never used this bit and sync and it's like i know what i have to do but where do i go and get a program that'll do this and uh Figured it out pretty got, quickly. I've got something I need to investigate. My my ISP, my fiber ISP, got bought out. Oh, um, it it used to be uh, it used to be Frontier Fiber, and uh, it got the uh, the Frontier service got bought out by uh, I don't remember I don't remember what it's called. It's it's got some kind of silly name like like when when the Sci Fi Network changed to Siffy, right? That sort of name, right? Um, but you know it's a cutesy name that. But whatever it is, they uh, you know forced everybody to sign a new terms of service, but said, don't worry, nothing that you do will change. This was three months ago. And um, starting this week, I've noticed that uh, for some reason, uh, my my home server is no longer accessible via HTTP. Really? They're shutting down the ports. I, they appear to be blocking port 80. And I need to investigate that because. Uh, yeah, that that nothing changed my ass. Well, I knew that was going to happen. I would ask if you were grandfathered in, but that is a uh, like racist and misogynistic, and uh, that's a horrible. And the whole thing reason to ask. that I, you know, because we have we have two ISPs. The whole reason why I keep the uh, the web server on the the fiber ISP is because it's uh, it's upload and download are the same rate. So the download is nothing spectacular. I think it's like twenty and twenty, but twenty upload is amazing compared to most cable these days. Well, yeah. And the other side of that is the Xfinity and any company that's providing home Internet is blocking ports, which is why running your own mail server is such a pain in the ass. Exactly. They block the boards. But hey, I'm still going to I got I want to try one of those devices. I just don't want to pay 600 bucks for that helm thing. And they seem like they're sold out all the time, too. So I want to know if they're either that good or there's that many problems with them, because it always appeared to be nothing but like a glorified raspberry pie with a uh, with a hard drive attached to it and then it's like why can't you just roll that yourself for like a very small portion of the price you know it's the then all you have to do is get a way to have the the email forwarded to you at the correct ports but uh, i digress we do have some experts to thank though for today's episode Uh, i i I wanted to real quick point out uh the the i've been following the apple uh, the Apple is getting sued and, uh, the, there's, there's some serious antitrust stuff that's been heating up. I've been rolling my notes over from show to show. I started in 83 where I went and, and watched the half of well, the, I thought you meant uh, 1983 for a minute. You're like, I've no, been keeping show, no, notes. Grumpy old Ben's 83, 1983 uh, man. where I, I took, 
copious notes on the the antitrust stuff versus Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and you know Microsoft when they all went up in front of Congress and lied their face off saying, "Oh, we're innocent." Um, and uh, we didn't get to that on eighty three. And then I tried to bring it up last show. We didn't get to it. And I've got now um, some more stuff that's in my notes. And we're not going to get to that here because it's a big story. And frankly, we're never going to. It'll always be in the show notes that you guys don't get to see because they're all on my hard drive. But I just wanted you to know it's there. Well, which um, uh, what's so, the IP address they need to access to get to the notes on your hard drive? It, it doesn't matter. They're blocking their <laughs> web server now. <laughs> You're completely safe. You see, it's for your safety. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, uh, the only other thing I've got is uh, a real quick uh, Chrome version 86 is now um, on by default. They are hiding the web URL from its users. Uh, you can still right click somewhere and say always show full URLs, but otherwise the only way that you get to see what web, what the actual web address you're looking at is to click on the address bar and that go. You know, so right now it'll show you, you know, if you have some really complicated URL, it'll just shorten it to just the domain right. uh, in, in the address bar, which of course, you know, they say is well it's to help people you know discover whether or not they're visiting fraudulent domains well you know if you want it to be easy to discover whether or not the url is legit then maybe don't hide the damn thing from people but uh so by default starting in chrome 86 which is uh available in their canary and dev channel now but it's going to release to everybody in october um you don't get full urls anymore unless you right click and say always show them well, the dumbing down is absolutely here. And I just checked because I noticed this when we, I made a joke a few episodes ago that somebody should create a Sir Bemro's Twitter account. And then they did. It's, it's now been suspended. And I don't think it ever tweeted. Awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the most accurate uh, representation of if you actually got a Twitter account yourself, it would have been probably like one tweet and then be like, this account has been suspended for violating the Twitter rules. Yeah. That sounds I, I did, did they tweet anything? I mean, what was I never saw it. I followed the account. They had it was was giving me well, a that, warning that from like you're day see one. Anything it tweets. Yeah, they were. They were uh, warning me from day one that there was something weird about the account. The account had not tweeted anything. The last time I checked, it was just sitting there with no tweets and it just followed a few people. Now it is suspended. So uh, whoever created the Sir Bemrose account. If you want to let like us the, know what happened, is, that is an authentic <laughs> deep fake, because yes. that is exactly what would happen if, if I got on and started tweeting. Yeah. So we know it's somebody listening because it literally happened. There was no Sir Bembro's Twitter account during the show. I mentioned it. And like later that day, it was there. So uh, whoever did that, you can get to us anonymously if you need to. Don't worry about it. We want to know why Twitter suspended the Sir Bembro's account. I'm sure there was a good reason. but. We do have some experts on the show. And first and foremost today, coming in with 25 bucks is Sir Anonymous of Arapaho, Arapaho County and the ADFC. And he has a little note, says second donation. And he notes he is the first producer to ever be credited as an expert. I didn't even remember that. I didn't know that. We should pay more attention to our own podcast. But why? I, that's true. We have other people to pay attention to our podcast for us. Yeah. That well, makes, I, I'm going to go ahead and take back some of the terrible things that I've said about Arapahoe County. Well, that would be nice of you. 
He says, I urge you to continue shouting at clouds and discussing Ben like topics. It helps to shrink my amygdala. That's what the grumpy old Ben. That is that is the greatest praise. Helping to shrink somebody's amygdala. That is the best praise that I can. I think we can receive. Yes. And you are indeed our first expert, Sir Anonymous. And uh, that is not a distinction to be taken lightly because there have been a lot of experts since and we hope a lot more. But he will always be the number one that you uh, I'm assuming it was you because you're like, wow, I can deem anybody an expert. And they believed you. Yes. And I I don't know if people understand where that came from or why I use the term, but I got really tired of mainstream media sources like CNN and M5 NBC and Fox saying using the phrase, well, experts say this, 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 this and this. And, and, you know, they it's pure propaganda, but they don't name any experts. So it's unfalsifiable, which is absolutely the best kind of argument. If you're trying to use propaganda and not trying to appeal to logic. So I got tired of of seeing mainstream sources constantly citing experts say this experts say that experts say that wearing a mask is perfect for you. And experts say that that, you know, if you just shut up and trust your government, that everything will be golden. And I finally realized that the you know experts is is the new version of sources say, which is the new ver, you know, which has always been code for uh, somebody in the the writing room made this shit up. But if you just claim experts and don't give any name, then people will believe you. And well, yeah. I realized that that they don't have a monopoly on declaring people to be experts. As a matter of fact, uh, I am just as much of an expert as anybody at CNN who has no name and no credentials. So. I figured, why not? Here on Grumpy Old Ben's, we will declare people to be experts. And it it's actually more meaningful than experts on CNN. Yes. Now, that wasn't the first uh, donation or anything we had here. Jay Finley's asking. I think he was the first guy that came in supporting the show. So he is like the ultimate no, expert. It, we, we started using the term expert about 20 shows ago. Yeah, it, it was it's something it's growing. We're figuring yes. this stuff out. And another expert for today is twenty dollars. From NetNed saying he's making good for the drunk, drunken accident donation that he did the other day, which was the one uh, there was a one dollar donation that came in. I didn't realize it was NetNed. So uh, so he's he's upping that to 20 bucks. And we appreciate that NetNed and coming in also five bucks today. Bruce City Mike with another donation. It's, he's not not a new expert there either. So three guys, all of them already experts. And we appreciate you guys for. Coming in, supporting the show, listening, everybody that listens live when we do these shows live on the No Agenda Stream, noagendastream.com at 11 a.m. Central on Mondays and Fridays seems to be our regular thing. Adam Curry knows about it, but it's basically because take the No Agenda schedule and add 24 hours. That's our schedule. Yep. It's easy to remember. I mean, some people yes. are like, and, when does Nick and, the and, Rat go on? I don't know. It's sometime late at night. When do all these shows, when does Hog Story go on? I don't know. We just we, made we it are easy. we are cashing in on uh, a phenomenon which I w- was definitely discovered by the No Agenda Show and I think might be created by the No Agenda Show, which is that for some reason everything interesting in the world happens on No Agenda Show Day, right? Thursdays and Sundays, and so we cash in on that by putting our show one day later so that we can we can scoop them their next show because anything that happened on Show Day. We catch it 24 hours later. Right. We're getting to it first, and it just seems to work because they're right. There's always something going on interesting in the world 
on the No Agenda Show Day. So we're just taking their schedule at 24 hours. That's us. Their concept is the value for value model. If you want to support the show, we've adopted that as well. And if you want to support us, you can go to grumpyoldbenz.com. And there's a multitude of ways to do that. There's a donation button. There's a QR code. If you use Bitcoin, there's a PO box address. If you like to go the snail mail route, and there's all sorts of ways to help the show out, promote the show to people you know, review the show on all these podcasting sites. Make sure you also subscribe. And I'm noticing we're finally getting to the point where the latest episodes are getting about a thousand full downloads, plus all the partials and stuff that come in. But the numbers keep going up. There's no question about it. So I think we're doing something right. We can thank No Agenda for letting us be on the No Agenda stream and kind of get in front of their audience. We could definitely thank Larry from that Larry show for constantly talking about grumpy old Ben's over on his podcast. We have to thank Grimerica for chatting with us and getting us in front of a lot of people. Of course, Nick the Rat, too. I was on Nick the Rat. Have you done Nick's show yet? I I do Nick's show by proxy every episode. Well, yeah, I know you the your wife does, but I mean, yeah, Nick it, and and I'm always behind her shouting things into the microphone. <laughs> but he did a full interview with me. I mean, did, he didn't ask you. I mean, uh, that, I'm not saying that he likes me better than, but uh, I'm just 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 questioning that. But uh, you're, appreci- you're just you're just more coy than I am. That's probably true. You know, we uh, we've gotten around on some of these podcasts, and we thank everybody for you know coming on the show, including Nick the Rat and a list of. Uh, it seems like thousands already. Dame Jennifer of the animated No Agenda says she's willing to do a show. And wow. that, that should be interesting. Oh, I'd love to get her on. She has the most amazing voice. I would I would definitely have to downgrade your voice to second best on the show. If <laughs> so wait, we, maybe we can get Dame Jennifer and Larry on the same show and then we wouldn't even have to talk. But but, you know, we would. <laughs> well, yeah, we would, because that's that's what we do. And uh, so there's some interesting stuff coming down. Some shows to put together. Got to get Progo back on. We still need to get Earl Walkman on. I want to hear those stories of all of the early phone freaking. I know I think I've said that like a thousand times now between grumpy old Ben's and random thoughts. We need to get that guy on an episode before he goes back to work full time. I mean, that's, you know, we're grumpy old Ben's. We want to hear those stories. As long as you want to talk about them, we will listen. Because I mean, I've seen a few different people make whoa, whoa, those whoa, comments. Hold on, wait, what, what, what are we doing? You're, are you signing me up to listen to people talk? I, well, yeah, Jay Finley, he was asking for your IP address, so I mean, maybe you want to send that to him, and he'll <laughs> test your security because that's what he does. So he'll he'll give you a full security rundown on how your fiber net's doing if we just provide him with your IP address. Yeah, I'm not convinced that's a good idea. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said he would know what your security is. I, I mean, he I, may know what, exactly what's on your computer, but. That's I've got 10,000 bots that already are, are probing my network as we speak. Yeah, but you like to be probed. So that is totally different. So we appreciate okay, everybody for listening, supporting the show, letting us have a whole lot of fun. We'll be back on uh, Monday to do this whole thing over again. I'm sure there'll be a riot. I'm sure there'll be, uh, you know, a nuclear blast, something. I mean, we're getting close. Yeah. And and there will be plenty of stories in the news of somebody doing something dumb that I can rant at. And it, it, it it's a very deep and wide well that never dries up. Yeah, it seems the show will go on for a long time. The rant well will never fully dry up as long as Ryan Bemrose is around. But with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where things might be horrible. But hey, at least it's not the Seattle area.
And from America's left coast, where gig work is known to the state of California to cause cancer, I'm Ryan Bimrose. There should be a law. Thank you.